0: Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and we are the podcast that is slightly unsure just how late into the year you can still say Happy New Year, but we're going to do it anyway. So uh, being the 10th of January, uh, I trust all of our listeners have had a a thoroughly enjoyable festive period and indeed New Year. And I will ask the same question, of course, to my guests this evening, Phil and Jess. Are you both doing well? As well it as can be about. expected. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. And Jez, you're a little under the weather this week, so uh, um, yes, we will we'll keep that into consideration when you're when answering your questions. We'll keep them as short as we can for you.
1: Um, no, um, no false positives like the whole Liverpool squad don't, conveniently got before the Arsenal match.
0: Please don't even just don't even set me off, Jez. I've, honestly, just don't even get me going. Anyway, let's um, unlike BT Sport. Let's talk about some French football. Um, Phil, I' going to start with you briefly to run through the cup bits and bobs because we didn't have a huge amount to talk about in the league this week, which we may come on to in a second. But let's uh, let's start by um, by looking at what's going on in the Coupe. So, do tell. There's a few uh, a few a few minnows that have progressed through.
2: Yes, and what's happened again? Is we've got a couple of fourth tier teams in the next round, but no third tier teams. The the minnows do appear to kind of beat the sprats, as it were. So uh, we saw uh, early in the year the CCMs of the Coupe de France, and we had three upsets, none of which were huge but worth mentioning. So Bastia beat Clermont uh, to go through. Nancy beat Arendt on penalties. Terrible set of penalties, frankly. Um, But Nancy uh, progressed. And possibly the most interesting was that bergerac Périgord beat Crathay Will somebody do the sound? I was, I
0: was, thank
2: you, Jeremy.
0: Uh, I was trying to hold off, but thank
2: you, Jess. So through, and the other fourth tier side were Versailles, who beat La Roche uh, of National Trois, uh 4-0. Um, so Versailles and Bergerac are our petit pousse for the next round, which will be happening uh, at the end of the month. There was also one very, very um, kind of close to the line, <laughs> close to the line thing, which was that Reims beat Ligue Liga, beat fifth tier town one 0 with a winner in the 96th minute. They really, really got away with that one. And oh, we also had another 50th side, uh, Linas Montaleri. Uh They came from 3-0 down against Amiens from Ligue 2 to equalize the 92nd minute. <gasps> And then it went to penalties and they lost on penalties. So, I mean, that was horrible. It all going so well. Um, the big game of the round, uh, Van from the fourth tier played Paris, Paris SG, uh, PSG won 4-0, but that scoreline I think is a bit flat. Um, Van's goalkeeper, Petrel, was superb throughout and Things got a little bit awkward in the second half for them, but they were a very, very impressive performance, and Petrel particularly was very impressive. So we have, at the end of the month, we've got... Those petit pousses, we've got Bergerac playing Saint Etienne. You've got to think they've got a chance there. Versailles have a way to lose. No, I'm not doing that well. We've got an all league two matchup, which is Nancy versus Amiel. So we could well have some uh, some lower league teams in the quarter semifinals, finals. Quarter final. How far? quarterfinals. There we go. So there'll be more detail, I'm sure, from John Mainland um, later this week, but it's looking good, as ever, for the Coupe de France having some kind of cup sets and some interesting results. Excellent
0: stuff. So it's one of those that's unfortunately as said, from the off, um, Jos and I being UK-based, uh, it doesn't get shown at all. In the UK, in terms of uh, television coverage, anyway, you can get some clips and a few bits and bobs, but really not covered with any great degree of uh, depth. So we're kind of it's at some. Um,
2: get yourself a beanie. And Pierce and Clive
1: Allen are really into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think that that's something. Actually, I might just have a small touch on because we have, we have to at least mention it once a year, uh, and we may mention that in the Leon PSG game, which we're, we're coming up in a minute to cover. But uh, yes, um, it's it's a it's a tournament that is, you know, as, as Phil sort of alluded to there, the smaller teams tend to go quite far. Um, most years in in terms of whether that's how seriously the big teams take it, who knows. But yeah, it generally tends to produce some interesting results. So we shall keep an eye, of course. Uh, We will bring it back to Liga now and uh, talk a bit of football. One thing I wanted to cover, and Jez, I'll come to you on this one, just to mention before we dive into the 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 on-the-pitch occurrences, two things to, to discuss off the pitch. The first one being monaco changing managers in the off season what do you do you make of that so clement's come in who's the 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 chap who's in charge of bruges and to replace niko kovac it all kind of happened fairly quietly Uh, i saw it on instagram weirdly of all places what do you make of that because i think we all agreed that maybe monaco hadn't hit the heights of this season but is it does it seem a little harsh or does it speak of just a a very wealthy club looking to make an immediate change to try and get into those Champions League spots.
1: I think on the, on the face of it, it definitely looks harsh. I mean, Monaco had a fantastic second half to last season and would have won the title if they'd sort of maintained that form across the whole, the whole of the season. Um, and they were, I think there were a lot of people's tips to be a genuine title challenger this year. I mean, they, they basically were still in with a shout for the title until the last couple of matches last year, which was really impressive. And Kovac was a big part of them sort of steadying the ship after, you know, the sort of post-2017 debacle down there. Um, so this year, yeah, there were, I think a lot of people thought they were genuine title contenders or certainly on to, to finish second. Um they didn't really lose any one major in the summer, and arguably, and really, they, they strengthened the squad with some of the people they brought in. Um, so, I think it is fair to say it's been a big disappointment that they haven't come close to, to maintaining that kind of form and aren't really anywhere near as high as anyone would expect them to be at this stage. But I think Kovach did do a great job and think probably earned himself the right to, to be given a little bit more time. The only thing that I can say is that, you know, it went sour quite quickly at Bayern, and and there are rumours that he'd lost the changing room at Monaco as well. So it could be that he's not another one of these sort of relatively abrasive or um, certainly strict coaches who maybe the sort of pampered, spoilt footballers of today um, don't like working for. And so, you know, maybe he's destined to be one of those ones that sort of is only going to get jobs that sort of last a year or two before before losing the changing room. And, you know, I think we can all easily name sort of three or four of those kind of coaches off the top of our head nowadays for various reasons. Um, but it, it was a surprise. It was really surprising that Monaco's official statement didn't even deign to thank him for his time, which mm. suggests that there is some kind of bad blood there, none of which is obvious, um so, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for him. And I think it's a relatively dangerous game that that, um, that Monaco are playing and bringing in someone from Belgium. <laughs> as a Brighton fan, I know that if you bring in people from Bel- the Belgian league, it doesn't automatically mean that they're going to transfer a great record in Belgium to, to one of the top five leagues. So it is a bit of a risk, but... Um, you know, I think it's a calculated risk. He obviously does have a great record in Belgium. He has a good record of bringing through youngsters. And that, that of course, is a lot of what Monaco are about. To be fair, Kovac has a lot of the, Monaco's youngsters have, have improved a lot under Kovac as well. So um, I can see their thinking in terms of who they brought in. I just am not sure that I think there's a reasonable chance they could come to regret getting rid of Kovac so quickly. It was a, It was a very strange call, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of that, to be fair. I think that's that's a, a good way of putting it. And Obviously, time will tell in terms of what happens with the the uh, the outcome of, of how uh, Clermont gets on in the second half of the season. Uh, not much to report on their first game under him, which we'll come on to in a second. Um, Phil, just before we get into the, the limited amount of games that were played this week, let's give a bit of context as to why that is. I mean, anyone that isn't living under a rock knows that there's sort of a lot going on still with... Covid-based uh, bits and bobs. Um, just let us know what's going on in France, because uh, just touching on what Jess said earlier on, BT Sport clearly aren't aware of uh, how, how many supporters/slash coaches are allowed in stadiums at the moment. But just just bring us up to speed on what the rulings are and, f- and for how long, in terms of French uh, stadia and and the uh, the current postponements that are going
2: ahead. Well, frankly, uh, the rules are changing very frequently, and we had uh, Macron this week uh, making, shall we say, some undiplomatic statements about unvaccinated people, which led to large quantities of manifestations by unvaccinated, unmasked people at the weekend. So we had, I think, three games called off this week. Which were Lille sorry, Montpellier Trois, and Angers Saint Etienne. Um, the thing is, where a stadium is open, I think the rule is 5,000, but there's a couple of people who the disciplinary committee you've had at who are playing behind closed doors. So it's a bit of a mix at the moment of of what's actually going on, but hopefully over the next couple of weeks, things calm down a bit, but uh, yeah, there are limits. At the moment, we don't have the different regional limits, which we had previously under lockdown. But I think a lot of people are expecting there to be uh harsher rules coming in. So mm. we'll we'll have to see. It's Guess it up Guess it in the air like it is with you. I was going to say, I guess it all
0: depends on, on uh, infection rates and mutations and God knows what else. But uh, as it stands, yes, grounds are, as you rightly said there, that's I believe 5,000 is the limit. That's certainly what I've read. And and it it's it brings back some some you know, pretty crap memories of, of previous with the empty stadiums. And none more so was that felt in last night's game, which will start our roundup with um, Jez. It finished Leon one PSG one. Um, Override overwhelming favorites go into game, don't play very well, equalize late in the second half, get away with murder. That that seems to seems to ring <laughs> from before <laughs> 2021. I'm seeing the to remember changer. that. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to PSG, but what did you make of the game as a whole? Because it just felt to me like it was competitive and you know it, it was hard fought. And I guess if you look at the game as a whole, it probably was about right in the end, but it just lacks that. That Zaz, didn't it? It just lacked that, well, atmosphere, let's be honest. Do you feel that that sort of had an effect on the players and the quality of the game, or were you quite impressed with with the draw in the end?
1: Yeah, I think first sort of high, you know, Coupe de France matches aside, sort of first proper match back of the new year with practically no crowd there at all. I think it's, it's hard to sort of reach kind of peak intensity, but all things considered, I thought it was... A decent enough match. I thought there was there were elements of quality, especially in midfield on both sides. I thought um Virati, when he wasn't moaning and, and doing his usual looking for a yellow card for descent, um played some nice stuff. I thought Gimaraish and um Kakre were really good in, in the Lyon midfield. <coughs> um and I guess you know, just in terms of chances created, I suppose if you consider that. Mbappé hit the woodwork twice, um, Navas made a, a crucial good save against, from Dembele and even into injury time, Cherky almost scored on a goal of the season contenders with a sort of jinking run, so there were sort of chances all the way through the match and an element of quality, but uh, let's be fair, neither team are in the greatest of form this season anyway, so it was probably as much as we could have hoped for, frankly.
2: I think just the um, some people saying, "Oh, PSG are decimated." No, they weren't. Look at the look at the lineup. Look at that lineup and tell me that's not a strong team. I mean, if that definitely
1: wasn't bad. like it's like Chelsea saying they're decimated. There's decimated and there's decimated.
2: Well, decimated actually means ten percent of your team are out which is that's probably true. fair but that's not how we use that word you no. know? there's there's
0: decimated then there's uh then there's Liverpool um but yeah I I do agree I I sort of looked at the two scores and paper and thought yeah that there's a there's clearly a lot of high-class players missing
1: but uh, and Neymar
0: and <laughs> It leads me to a, to another question that I had, which um I'll I'll give you this one as well, uh Jez, and then I've got a different question for Phil. But the one I would ask you, Jez, is do you feel that the does, is, is this is PSG brought on two youngsters last night, Javi Simmons and um the young lad whose name escapes me, Michael. Michu, Mich- that's the one. Um and he looked very good, but well, they both looked very good and they both played well in the cup, and it's great to see that. But does this highlight once again, who'd have thought we'd to be saying this? A lack of planning for PSG because some of their players obviously have gone across to the African Cup of Nations. But it did look like a, you know when you're relying on on Dagba, no I just respect once again. Tilo Kera comes off the bench and, and scores, which is you know not really his job as in terms of a defensive change. Uh, Navas was was back in goal. <laughs> obviously, he's still quality, but you know probably isn't now first choice. It did look, and, and why now? Was it was it was he a right forward? I couldn't really understand. And Icardi, I think, I think the sooner he got on, on the right wing. Yeah, it was very very odd. Of all the positions he could play, uh, and Icardi, uh, barring a nice haircut, I think he just needs to to move on. It it's not you know it's going stale with the various off the pitch incidents. Is that fair just to say that PSG have only really got themselves to blame with the amount of preparation time they had to have a squad that was capable of dealing with this?
1: You know, I think, so I've said it so many times before, I don't think that, you know, apart from the stellar names at the front, I don't think they've even got us, uh, even with everyone there, I'm not sure it's a properly good enough squad. Um, I think in turn, it depends how you define future planning. I mean, the number of quality young players that they're producing is actually very high. The problem is how many of them get a chance at PSG before deciding they, they need to try their luck somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And with that in mind, maybe maybe it was genuinely always the intention that players like Simmons and Nishu and um, I don't know El Shaddai, for example, make m- get their chances in the first team this year. And I suppose probably the the attitude is it doesn't really matter. Who we feel in the league will ev- will eventually win it. Obviously, the crucial thing is that all these players are f- fit and healthy again by whenever it is February or March and the-, the knockout stages of the Champions League. But yeah, it's all the same issues that we've always seen. That actually, you take a- you scratch away the surface of the very top players, and there's not much there. And I still maintain even the majority of their first-choice defence in midfield isn't good enough. I'm genuinely not sure how many of their defenders or midfielders would walk into any other team of any of the proper Champions League contenders. And, you know, I think it wasn't PSG's worst match last night, but the number of times that Mbappe has saved them, and I thought it was interesting that he wasn't quite at his best last night, and again, they struggled. And, and I saw some someone sent a tweet out, last night saying PSG without Marquinhos and Mbappe, and they had a picture of Parry FC's logo. Yeah, so, uh, it was a bit harsh mm-hmm. on Paris FC, but it really does feel like it comes down to that so often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if for whatever reason, say it wasn't COVID, but more serious long-term injuries, Di Maria, Neymar and Messi were out, say, for the rest of the season... It would all I genuinely feel like it would almost be a blessing in disguise for the team and for Pochettino because then they would he would really be allowed to pick his team. He would be allowed to bring through some of these youngsters, they'd be allowed to have more of a chance. You know, he said in the press conference after the match that their performance when they came on suggested that maybe he should have started with Michu and Simmons. But again, you there's so much player power there. You know, Paredes, what has he ever done at PSG? But you know, Winalden has been awful. I think since he's joined, but there was a story earlier in the season that one of the many reasons was because the South American contingent had made an effort to not make him feel welcome at all because they saw him as a rival for Paredes's place in the team. If that's the kind of stuff that you're dealing with in in inside, the same with Navas and Donnarumma, then what chance has anyone got? Um. So. I almost feel like if for whatever reason the 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 squad was genuinely down to you know the not the dregs but you know as threadbare as it can be it would almost do the club a long-term favor.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think that's again I think that's funny. Go Good for. Well, uh, just a tiny point <clears throat> I noticed was I mentioned the Coupe de France game where uh, Van played PSG, and their goalkeeper was excellent. And he turned up in the post-match interviews wearing a PSG keeper shirt. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you, you got the shirt. He said, yeah, Navas gave me the shirt. Mm-hmm. Donnarumma was the guy in goal for PSG that day Navas was on the bench but he was the one that went out and gave his shirt to the opposition keeper and I don't know what that means but it just made you stop and think a little bit Um, I understand Donovan has tested positive now for Goded which is why Navas is back but Navas has the whole kind of cheerleader thing going on, uh, yes, G, which I think him. is <laughs> something maybe popular with the fans. You know who's the Spanish keeper, Rainer. You know he turns out He never plays, but he's always Rico. their biggest fan. Oh, the uh, the the uh, P- uh, PSG reserve
0: keeper. Um, you mean? Yeah, What's the it? Spanish. Nazi. Yeah, the uh, the third choice. What's his name? Just for in the Spain squad, Isn't
1: Yeah, not he? Yeah,
0: Oh, was I was in Spain. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I was thinking of the the PSG third choice, um, the former Fulham
2: keeper, whose name completely escapes me. Well, yeah, they've got yeah, the six or seven goalkeepers, frankly. So okay. yeah, um,
1: yes. can I? But, the yes, other thing that, about the Van match is that eventually PSG won four 0 with a hat trick from Mbappe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very nice for Van fans, but what the hell is Mbappe playing in a match in like? In that, that
0: game for yeah, yeah, I thought the same. Mm. I thought the same. What about Leon? Phil, because we'll give them a bit of credit. I mean, Peter Bosch's job was potentially on the line over the over the uh, Christmas period. I think there were some discussions going on about what would happen, and we know Janino moving on is now left full power with Olas, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess we'll see. But they did play very well. Just touched on Piquet's form was continuing. Gimaraish was excellent last night. kekari looks like a player who's growing it, growing into the role, as does the centre-back of Kaba. Is it enough? Do you feel like there's enough from, from Leon now that they can push ahead and, and claim what should be a Champions League spot? Because that's what their aim
2: is. Have you D- seen enough from them? They're D- a D- They're 10 points off Mm. that, though, aren't they? So even though, yes, they were impressive last night, they've, without winning five, and they're on 25 points, where second and third are on 36. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to make it. They need a run, don't they? Yeah, but they need a hell of a run, not mm. just a run, um, to get up there. So I'm. I think Europa League is the best they can hope for.
0: Could it almost be worth
2: them um, prioritising that as a competition?
0: That because that's my other thought. I mean, maybe their best a- best action or option, sorry, is to get through deep into Europe the competition they're already in because they've been it, impressive in the group it stage. It would
2: make a lot of sense, but would Olas and the rest of the high-ups accept that?
0: Probably not. No. <laughs> Who knows what Jean-Michel Olaf will accept these days. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So I think it's a tricky situation for them because they're not up where they are used to being. Mm. And that means... It's going to be a complicated second half of the season. And that means making those kind of calls.
1: Mm.
2: Which yeah, yeah, is not fabulous.
0: One of their, um, one of their rivals, uh, one of the other games that was played this weekend, was Marseille, who uh, got a first win in Bordeaux for, I uh, that 40-odd years. 1977,
2: 45. I've there got go. written
0: down here. That's a long old time. I was not born in the seventies, so that shows you how old it was. under got the winner in that game. Phil, do you, do you feel like Marseille have pushed the this winter break? Do you feel like that's the that's what they needed to push the restart button and go again? Because we all know about Sampdese sort of style of players, high intensity, etc. But they are looking at potentially we, new signings, and they looked pretty decent in this game. although Bordeaux weren't great. Yeah, we exactly. we have a habit. Uh, of
2: you know, mocking a little. The third, with the game in hand, they've been up there all season. They are actually quite good. And what's impressive is they seem to be consistent, which was not the case previously. So, you know, they are with Nice... (laughs) after PSG and there's a pretty big gap down to running fourth so yeah they're doing they're doing well
0: I certainly think. needed yeah. needed the rest by the looks of it because it, you you slightly you disagreed that jazz you didn't think they were that impre- and when i say i thought they played well I, i'm not saying they you know they won 1-1 nil in a game that was pretty limited for quality it has to be said but I just felt that they looked like they were a bit more organised a bit more structured and I thought they controlled the game for most of the periods and Bordeaux were not great and and maybe we touch on them in
1: future weeks but
0: you weren't that impressed I
1: think I just I don't think they should be judged on this game Bordeaux were decimated and when Bordeaux are decimated it means something different to PSG (laughs) Um, again played in front of no fans and although Marseille controlled the game, they created practically nothing and relied on a big mistake from Costil. It was well taken by Inder, but it was a big mistake from, from the Bordeaux defence. So I don't think too much should be judged. I agree in general with what Phil said, though. I think um, what's interesting is that Marseille really tightened up defence, def- despite sort of everything that we always think of with Pauli and leaving things very open at the bat. They've a- uh, yeah, they've actually been quite tight there, which is quite surprising. And if they can maintain that for the whole season, then they'll be up there. I mean, I think they'll be right up there anyway. But I also think, I mean, it's not that the break came at a good time. I think this Marseille team, any break is good because I just think everything is so intense there that they wear themselves out very quickly.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's that style, isn't it? That formation, and there's a couple of interesting things that went around the internet, which might be worth uh, people looking up. but they were talking about Paul Torres, essentially the goalkeeper becoming almost the fourth uh, defender because he was he took. It's something like ridiculous about 40% of his touches were outside the penalty area. It's bizarre, but yeah, certainly a, a new look on, on goalkeeping. I guess you can afford to do that against a, a heavily affected Bordeaux squad and maybe not against um, higher opposition, but um, we shall see on that one. Phil, you made mention of Nice, who I want to uh, mention next. They got a 3 0 win over Brest, uh, a couple of good goals in this one. Uh, Dolberg, Delors, and Guerri with the the three strikes uh, Schneiderland was sent off in that game. It didn't seem to to bother them in a, a very wet and windy breast um, in that particular game, but they, again, come back after the, after the winter break. It's a good win. They're up to second Now, uh, if you discount the, the break over Christmas, that's three straight wins. They are, um, they're looking decent, aren't they? Which I think we kind of all expected them to uh, under new management and under a tight winning manager, no less, but, yeah, they, they do look like they're uh, they're getting into gear, don't they, ahead of the second half of the season?
2: I definitely, but I think they they look more attractive in attack than defense. Yeah. Even though um, the defensive numbers are pretty good, but that's what you're expecting, you know.
0: And you're relying on that's Um
2: whereas Playing breast, who are a very come see, come see kind of thing. I'm not sure this was massively impressive. But recently, the in this uh, set of three wins, they've beaten Ren and lots two one each time, and those are the teams that they want to be beating the the other top six teams so i think that's the uh the key thing for them so this was good we'll see what they do at the weekend when they play nonce i would expect that to be another 2-1 win um so yeah they're impressive And if they can keep this consistency up, that's always the key thing. What is the consistency you can put together to keep keep a run going, keep the points per game going? that They could very well stay up there because they're on 36 points. As on Marseille with the game in hand, there's then a five-point drop down to Rennes If Nice can keep going at this kind of cadence, then they're good.
1: Yeah, no, I agree that the other two results are more impressive on paper, but I think um, this weekend's result was sort of a a very good one, sort of in the image of Gautier, because first of all, remember, Brest have been on a really good run recently. And then um, sort of away from home in poor weather, Schneiderlin sent off very early in the match. Um, and certainly for the first half, Brest dominated. Um, so I thought it was sort of you got the 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 best of both sides of Nice in a way that sort of under Gaultier, like very defensively robust, weathering the storm, and then using their their sort of talented attackers to to punish Brest at the other end. Um, although the the last two goals came quite late on. Um, so uh, Again, not wanting to sort of jud- make too many judgments based on one match, but they had a shaky period sort of, I think, late November, early December, something like that. But um, it looks like they've, they've sort of um, got their heads back together. And, and yesterday's, the, the manner of, of this weekend's match sort of, um, I think, bodes well for them for the second half of the season.
0: Mm. Little one's clearly not a fan though. Um, <laughs> just sticking with, and I'll stick with you for this one, Jess. But obviously, if you need to nip off, let me know. But I uh, want to give some um, some praise to to Lance as well. Who, I mean, they, they ground out what was a. Uh, I'm going to be nice. It wasn't the most uh, enjoyable of matches. I, I settled down on Saturday <laughs> evening, thinking oh, Larson a good run, ran doing alright this season as well, a good run before Christmas. Well, they had a bad run before Christmas, but overall they've been pretty good this season. Um, it was it was not the best, and uh, Wesley Said turning in a uh, late cross from Jonathan Klaus, who's been brilliant recently, and they aren't going away, are they Ches? I mean, I I know we keep saying oh, they'll fall off, but That win, snapping a two-game losing streak before Christmas, they're back up to six, a point off fourth, really. What is it that makes Lon's tick, do you think? Because this never-say-die attitude got them through this game and nothing more, I didn't think.
1: I think that um, there's a couple of things. I think that, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, Lon's had a blip, but they are still a very good team. I'm not Mm. sure about... I think they've got like reasonable squad depth actually, but um their their <laughs> first team, you know, everyone knows their role very well. And again, it was um Jonathan Klaus who who set up the goal. And we know the last two seasons how how excellent, how brilliant he's been. Um, I think one of the things that this match showed was the effect that the, the African Cup of Nations could have on teams. Um, and it, we might come to it and I'm sort of more concerned with, with how it affects the teams at the bottom. But you look at the two teams yesterday, I think um, Ren were missing two or three very important parts of their team. And Lens somehow, I don't know how much they've been involved in it or not, but players like Fofana and Dakure, who've decided not to, you know, to take a pause from, from the international setups. And so they're not at the can of um, the African Cup of Nations, could really benefit Lens. Um, because on in, on paper, they could have been one of the teams near the top really affected by losing a lot of first-teamers. Somehow they're not going to be, and I think that could prove crucial to them. And on the other side, it might be a big issue for, for Ren. I mean, they apparently didn't have a shot on target in the match, which is a real concern when you consider that they have looked so, so good going forward in in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, I can confirm they didn't have a shot on target and they were um yeah pretty poor pretty poor <laughs> to say Leborde was the only sort of real threat that they had throughout the game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off uh any Mets discussion because I'm gonna give that to Phil to kind of wrap up the uh the weekend's <laughs> game. Um just just a quick I tried like... to
1: program my baby to to have a big shit fit just as we started complimenting Lawson Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was all scheduled. It was all planned. Um, a very quick nod to Nantes-Nil, Monaco-Nil and Clermont-Nil, Rouse-Nil. Uh, for obvious reasons, we're not going to go in heavily on them. We've talked about Monaco anyway, and Clermont-Rouse was, uh, yeah, just just really not very good, if I'm honest. But um, Strasbourg have been quite good, Phil, and they got another 2-0 win, unfortunately, for, for Jez, away at Mets. Uh, Ludovic Ajok, who I, I just had a bit now of a... The
2: second joint second highest goal scorer and you're going with ten. He's having a wonderful
0: time. And that header, like if you said to me, if if I was Alexa and I said Alexa, show me a 1980s headed goal <laughs> from a cross. Like this this would, would be, be it.
2: The, that would it, be the video. I mean yeah. the cross, the um, head,
0: the noise as it hit the back of the net, just everything. But they they've they've turned I wouldn't say corner, but they were looking shaky at the start of the season. But under Julian Stefan, they they look like a a proper established upper mid-table side now, up to eight, four wins and three wins in the last four. They look pretty good, don't they?
2: Yeah, I think that. Were they ever in any trouble? Maybe it was just Scrolls that. alarming. down, trying to find the 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 place map. Um, memory September, I think it was they had a bit of a wobble, but yeah, well, I think when. They're one of those clubs where, as York is clearly very important to them, were there anything to happen to him, yeah, where else mm. is your question? I mean, Diallo's got uh, eight. I know that heels make just feel bad. Um, but, and thompson has got six. But it feels like whenever there is a goal, it's new So So maybe it's a little bit kind of covered up that there are are these other guys who are going to score. But it does feel like they are kind of dependent on on him. Um, But when you look at their numbers... You know, they've scored, they're the second highest, I think, scorers in the league. Mm.
0: Which surprises me, to be that. fair,
2: given, I mean, and, and that's
0: without Kevin Gamera really finding his straps, because when they signed him, I thought, oh, that's a good little pickup that, you know, for his, his consistency of goal scoring, maybe the age is catching up, but yeah, I mean, 36 goals in, in 19 games, it's not bad, is it? That's outscoring the likes of Monaco, Montpellier, Real, Marseille, other Nice. Everyone PSG.
2: Yeah, it's pretty um, damn good. So it? I think they're, they're a nice watch as well, if you're in neutral. They are fun because they do go on the front foot and they do have a lot of efforts uh, tries and whatever so I think they're a very attractive team to watch can they sort the defence out sufficiently to push themselves up maybe but they're only two points or fourth. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like they'll have enough
0: over the course of the whole season to to potentially do the or worry any of the European qualifiers, but I still. I I'm more.
2: not sure because uh, this feels like they are there. Um, just, that is that they could they could definitely get fifth or sixth, and mm. that would mean Europe. Yeah,
0: I mean don't get it wrong, I'm not ruling them out. I just I just I feel like they might that might be a step too far, but who knows? And the second half of the season will probably do, well will give us those answers uh, at that point. But um nevertheless, they have been very, very decent. And like I say, we'll give Jez a breather from Talking Mets this week. We'll um we'll see how they settle back in uh next uh, next week. Um again, another club that's been hit by Some issues with COVID as well, as most teams in France have been. So with that in mind, we are looking ahead to the next round of fixtures uh, next week without really a clear understanding as to how many of them are going to go ahead. But assuming they do, uh, Nice, as Phil mentioned earlier on, is is the Friday game, which looks fairly attractive. Saint-Étienne against Lens also, for varying, differing reasons, is the Saturday 4pm game. Uh, PSG at uh, home to Brest. Uh, I sort of fear for Brest a little bit in that one, but, you know, you uh-huh. never know. You never know. Um, we've got the Sunday fixtures then. Rennes-Bordeaux, uh, again, big game for both in, in very different ends of the table. Lorient-Angers, you um, should just give a mention that Lorient held PSG before Christmas, but we'll just, you know, just to mention that quickly. And we're robbed. But anyway, Monaco against Clermont is also a two p.m. game on Sunday. As is Raphs. Yeah, potentially. Uh, Raphs Metz is also uh, suddenly quite a big one, with two sides at the bottom end of the table, or certainly lower lower part of the table. Anyway, Strasbourg Montpellier is usually quite fun.
2: So that's. Yeah, uh, I I think huh. that's going to be a if if you've got a choice on the multiplex...
0: Mm, that's probably the one I would is Free scoring
2: and freely defending.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be decent. I'm on have been in, in decent nick before the break for uh, the Christmas period as well. We've got Twa against Lyon is the 4:05 game, and finally on the Sunday night uh, Marseille. That's quite surprising playing on a Sunday evening at home to Lille, um, and I mean I don't really need to cue that one up in any way, shape, or form. Um, just before we kind of do wrap up because you know we can't make things up boys and girls there's only so much we can cover and if the games aren't played we can't cover them but Jez I wanted just to mention um and I know we've done this before but I have to because you know it's our podcast and we can say what we like I am growing ever more increasingly frustrated at the coverage of Liga in in the UK and Phil lucky you you don't have to listen to what we do and and God bless you for it but when this is a league that is being sold around the world, and we know about the Amazon deal that seems to have been re-signed over the winter period, which is great. But in the UK, there is very much, a, it seems like a hierarchy of commentators and pundits that are covering these games. And for those who don't know, Jez, you watched PSG Leon, didn't you, last night. Two things that are increasingly frustrating to me is the lack of knowledge of the games that are being covered, i.e., I mentioned the supporters thing that that was mentioned last night. Clearly, had no knowledge of the fact that five thousand were in the stadium, and this obsession with referring back to everything, referring everything back to the Premier League and how it you know affects English clubs, and and that is of course when we're not talking about the delicacies of of Leon's restaurants and various other crap that comes out from a certain individual. It, think,
2: Best yeah. restaurant in Leon.
0: It's just so, it, oh, it just it drives me insane. The only question I just wanted to ask you quickly, Jez, is: Do you think this has a detrimental effect on those watching that are not like you, I and Phil, that obviously we like to think do know our stuff? If you're just a casual and you tune in for a league game, do you care if if certain commentators are invested or have the knowledge, or you know, is it just because you've got something to watch? Like, does it make a difference to the product they're trying to sell in the UK? It makes that much difference that it's all gone really quiet.
2: <laughs> I think Jeremy
1: may be playing. I'm sorry, I've got um you mentioned Jonathan mm. Pierce and someone's just throwing a shit fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I did wonder for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um give oh. me give me ten seconds while I like, offload her one oh, sec.
2: No, no, I think we all understand that um, reaction. And, yes uh, I certainly do it's yeah. the noise I
0: make often when I listen to the coverage over here but anyway
2: <laughs> yeah. no I, I occasionally when I see Twitter melting down about what somebody has said about something I am so pleased mm. that um, I have Canal Plus or in or whoever but sometimes it kind of we get the cliches that you get as well. Like Mm. um, last weekend, I think I was watching the Premier League and the um, two ex-players who were in the Canal Plus studio were Samir Nasri and um, flan Cinema Pongol. A legend that is. Yeah, and it was like, Okay, so also here we have you have to be an ex-player of that club. Um, mm. Bongole is good, by the way. Nasri, not so much.
1: Not um, not so who'd have thought?
0: <laughs> who'd have thought? Um, I think you're back, Jez aren't you? I am back. Okay. Uh, am. Yeah, Phil was just making the point about the coverage being, you know, so much better in, in France, but.
2: Not yeah, that,
0: different, yeah, dif- different, That's and at least some knowledge not. behind it. Well, I, I
1: don't know if Phil's seen him, but a friend of mine said they've even had people like Stan Collymore, who, for all his fault, yeah. I think has always been a decent enough pundit. And I don't know if he speaks French or not, but if he's commentating yeah, he on doesn't. English matches, at least he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Yeah, um, my issue going back to what I think the original question is, but I didn't <laughs> hear all of it was, um. You know, uh, I think we've all pointed out at different times. I know that um, Rich's sort of favourite one is that for quite a few weeks, every time Ren were playing, they'd they'd have Rass's um, badge up, things like that. I uh, there's I'm not going to name names, but there's one commentator and one pundit who both occasionally come to me for to ask for a little bit of background information. They'll say, "I've got this match this." I was going to say Sunday, but then it suggests they're always asking about Marseille. <laughs> um, you know, I've got this match coming up. Um, can you tell me more about this player? Or, you know, even if it's, to be honest, I haven't been following this team much this season. So can you give me a quick lowdown on sort of where they're at? That kind of thing. Whatever it is, it's just basic research. And I said it before with for, there's the two things. There's the lazy sort of not lazy punditry, but the lazy choice of pundits, as in Clive Allen's English, he played in France 30, 35, 40 years ago. Really? He must be the best person for the job, which is an absolute joke. Yeah. Um, and then there's the lazy commentary. And listen to Jonathan Pearce. The only facts he's got about players are their age, their place of birth and their number of international caps. which suggests that he gets given his fact sheet every week and doesn't bother doing a single bit of research on top apart from that. And as you said, within minutes, he'll be likening everything to the Premier League because that's all he's got. That's the only league he actually knows anything about. So in order to fill 90 minutes of talking, he has to resort to that and finding any tenuous link. And I think it's an absolute disgrace. I think he's stealing a living. It's not a difficult living. And uh, I think there's certain commentators and pundits, I think they're on different kinds of contracts. I think some are sort of... May be paid by the match, and others I think are on sort of longer term contracts or, you know, contracted to commentate on a certain number of matches per season. And that's why probably Pierce seems to get the two marquee matches per weekend. Or again, it's probably the same laziness as let's bring in Clive Allen. It's probably, oh, Jonathan Pierce is a famous name. He must be a good commentator. But he's a disgrace and he's blagging it because probably. A lot of people who tune in into the matches don't know any better. And so he can kind of say what he wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do I completely agree with that. And and just it's just a frustration to me. Like you said, exactly there. You both said, in fact, like we all we can all learn, you know. I I've got names wrong, I've got players wrong, I've I've thought somebody's gonna be really good and they turn out to be dreadful. Like we've all done it. Like that's fine, but that's how you learn, and that's that's how you, you take in knowledge. But when you've got <laughs> Very good commentators out there. We've had Angus on, on here, you know, one of the best in, in France right now. I appreciate he commentates for the world feed. So that's, you know, that's who pays him. Fair enough. But you know, Matt Spiro is, is another one. Or Spira, I should get his name right. Sorry, Matt. But, yeah, they they are never going to come out and criticise their colleagues because they're professionals. And I get that. And I would never ask them to do so. But they must be so frustrated, you know, when when they are sat there thinking I could be really putting something into this and, and you know, really giving the, the viewers an opportunity to learn about French football. And then when you ask somebody about the league, they're not just going to say, oh, yeah, that's where Mbappe and Messi play. And Neymar, you know, they're actually going to have a little bit of knowledge. No, about, I oh, think yeah, we have got this up and coming for OK, Ren, I've got this good winger on. Go on, fam.
2: No, I was just saying with the... You know, the stars coming, they talk about Mbappe, Neymar, Messi. And that's all in PSG. Whereas uh, what we've seen recently, obviously, get football news, Jez, do you want to big up yourself here? Because they're picking the players who actually matter, who aren't the massive stars who are more interesting and uh, again it's a great read it's a wonderful piece of work
1: and yes kudos well i I think again it's you know it's the the gffn 100 so Mm. i think it's new year's day or around every year they release their sort of top 100 of the calendar year just passed and um yeah it's obviously got the big stars in there but it's also got a lot of more unheralded players and yes, yes you need to fill in 90 minutes there's so much you can say or only so much you can say although you know a lot of people would say that, that one of the jobs is the of a co- any commentator is to know when to shut up and that's another thing that jonathan hasn't <laughs> learned. but yeah it's you know the most basic thing it's free if he's done his basic research he will have heard of french football weekly heard of get french football news he sat next to all right i will name a name he sat next to adam virgo enough times to surely have said to adam virgo where did you get that fact from or where did you get your notes from or whatever and you, it takes seconds to click on have a look at this list of 100 names And then every match you've got, just pick one line from one of the couple of the players that you're going to be watching that he can't even be bothered to do that. I just it's a disgrace. I mean, I only switched on the Leon PSG match on 19 minutes. And as I switched on, he was going through all of Emerson's um, appearances or appearances on the bench in finals for Chelsea. Why the fuck? Is he talking about that 20 minutes into a match between PSG and Lyon?
0: I agree. I agree. And, and the, only, the other thing I would add to that, in fact, I'll, I'll sort of bring it to an end at this point in the interest of time, but I thought it was noticeable last night and I really picked up on this. When he started going off on these Premier League, he was talking about, I think he's talking about Bruno Guimaraes, um, you know, links to Arsenal, et cetera. Um, even Clive Allen, when he mentioned Premier League and he was going on this Premier League tangent, even Clive Allen noticeably tried to turn his him back into the game. I think he said something like, well, of course, you know, I agree with you there, Jonathan, but, you know, what about the situation with Lee or Nick? And he, 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 you could see he was trying to move him back to the game at hand. And I thought, well, that just speaks volumes, you know, that's that's the that just sums it up for me. But um. Yeah, uh, obviously, as I say, we're not we're we're not paid professionally to to talk about it. So maybe that's why we're a bit frustrated because we feel we could probably do a, a better job, and I think we could. But it's just frustrating, I think, for a, a non for a non league fan or for somebody who just tunes in for the first time. I, I just think it's a bit disrespectful and and doesn't help with the league. And uh, and credit to all those other guys who do such a good job. And although we're not here to promote other podcasts, um, the guys at Get French Football News are excellent, as are the guys who do the official league podcast, which I think you can get on various outlets as well. Again, very good. So we're all we're all trying to help out uh, for people to learn as best they can. And say so when we when we cock up, we'll admit it. We won't uh, spend our entire pod talking about the Premier League. Anywho, uh, rant over. I'm sure there'll be more in 2022, but um, just looking ahead. Uh, for the new year, and obviously moving forward, we will be back um, weekly as, as is always the case, life life allowing and uh, young ones growing up, etc., animals, all the things that can get in the way of life. Occasionally, we might uh, miss a week here and there, but generally, we plan to be here every week. Um, the regular articles will be going up on the site, of course, which you can find via the website and, of course, Twitter. You can follow our bits and bobs on there as well. Um, we will be looking to get Rich back on uh, as and when his studies allow. So he'll be back at some point. Um, and I know uh, Jez and I have talked. And I think I've mentioned it um, in the past um, to a few of the listeners as well uh, about getting some guests on for some specials. Again, where time allows, probably more like summertime. And of course, we've got a World Cup coming up this year as well. Not in Hello. summer. It's, uh, it's all a bit nuts, isn't it, really? It's, it's kind of just all go. So, um, yeah, plenty to keep us entertained. And I know it's Phil's favourite conversation ever. We've got a transfer window open at the moment. So.
2: Oh, <laughs> fuck off. I'm seriously. I...
0: I'll, be, I'll be relying on Jez for that one. Uh, the only major move at the moment is uh, Newcastle looking at... Uh, I don't care. Tough, I'm telling you the listeners. Know,
2: Newcastle just... D- d- Everything they are forever.
0: Um, no, there are there are a few there are a few clubs that are active, but um, obviously when we know more about the the permanent deals in or out of France than uh, if they are, there, big are enough. there are
1: actually a lot of very very good players out of contract at the end of the season.
2: There right?
1: are, yeah, yeah. I've, I've
2: no, yeah, So we'll both... talk about
1: them. No, no. I'm just yeah. saying it will be interesting to see if any of those clubs. Part Decide with them, to now. them oh, now to try I to get a bit of money.
0: Properly, yeah, yeah. One K Mbappe. Uh, I don't think he will be going anywhere, but he is one of the the big names who I'm are thinking true.
1: more. Bubakar, Camera color Kolo, Kolo, Kolo,
0: Kolo is a big one in germany i think there's a lot of clubs looking at him at the moment so yeah you're absolutely right and and a few that could potentially come into france as well um and uh, and a few a few that will sadly depart but we're, we're used to it we make stars we'll, we'll just replace them it's fine anyway uh we'll draw a line under the pod for this week uh, thank you for coming back to us i say new year uh, new hopes new expectations same old Pochettino. But uh, until next week... Uh, just I a don't week. think
1: that's fair, but anyway. You don't think...
0: No, no sorry. I, I, I couldn't help it. Couldn't yeah, help it. start the fight now, guys. <laughs> we'll see. I'll judge him at the end of the season like uh, the manager of the club I support anyway. I don't
1: think you can judge any coach at PSG.
0: <laughs> that's also probably fair to, me, to be honest. I'll, I'll give in to that one. Uh Jez, thank you for your time in the Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, phil thank you very much thank you and to say we will be back next week where hopefully we'll have more than a couple of games to talk about or who knows what who knows we might only have one game to talk about nobody knows right now <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but if there are games we'll be back to talk about them and if there aren't then we'll just talk about monopoly uh until next week thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you very soon enjoy your french <laughs>